Hey, what's up, guys? It's Big Cat. Before you start listening to this episode, I wanted to let you know that we're running a special sale on all Barstool merch. Go to store.barstoolsports.com and use code PODCAST for 10% off. Go to store.barstoolsports.com and use code PODCAST for 10% off. What it is! This is the Macho Man Randy Savage. And this is Hard Factor. And there is no one that does it better right now. Yeah, no. But he does it better. I ain't repeating myself. Go ahead, tell me something right now. Yeah, and I'm living in a nightmare. And I'm not a racist. And I'm always just. Oh, yeah. Another episode of Hard Factor. It is Friday, March 8th. And thanks to us having the best listeners on the planet submitting five star iTunes reviews all, all week, we're back again for another all soft corner Friday episode. Sitting in the corner of the Macho Man Randy Savage is quite an honor. Yeah, yes, no, you're, you. I mean, you're right. You, you, what were you fishing for there? Yeah, you're right. <laughs> that was, that was some sort of reaction from you guys. <laughs> no, it's, it's excellent. All right. Wait, wait did we start? Yeah, I th- yes, we did. We're, we're going. Okay. We're rolling. All right. Cool. All right. Uh, top stories. Well, all soft corner stories today. Mark is going to lead us off. He's putting a Utah teacher in the soft corner for hating on Ash Wednesday. Yeah, maybe he prefers whip him out Wednesday. I don't know. Yeah, maybe so. I think he does. Uh, Pat is going to do one about uh, R. Kelly in the soft corner for pretty obvious reasons. Man, we just got to be done with this guy. Just send him away. Yeah. Yep. La- last soft corner for you before jail, R. Kelly. Uh, I'm going to do one about Elon haters, of which there are many in the soft corner, and Wes is going to put some fake psychics in the soft corner. Yeah, if you didn't get any uh, money when your grandparents died, this might be why. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Mark, take it away. Okay, so (laughs) I'm going to be honest. I have been giving the Catholics a pretty hard time here on Hard Factor. I'll admit it. Uh, We all have, right? Uh, But let's make it clear. It's the priests, the cardinals, um, all those guys fucking the kids and the people sex trading the nuns that we're upset about and also everyone trying to cover it up. It's not the church going people, right? I no. Mean, no, yeah, you can't sure. you can't hate on the hard working, hard drinking Catholic crew. You know what I mean? That's it's right. Like, yeah. Irish, yeah. Italian, that's hard, that's my life. Hard yeah. hard working, hard drinking, uh eye averting. <laughs> eye averting. <laughs> Judgmental. <laughs> exactly. But it's not their fault. Um, and to prove the point that we're not, you know, against the Catholics, it's just the priests. Uh, the first member of the soft corner today is a real piece of shit from Utah. Uh, welcome to the soft corner, unidentified fourth grade teacher who forced nine-year-old student William McLeod to remove the ash off his forehead this Wednesday. This oh. Wednesday was Ash Wednesday. Yeah, like, that's fucked up. Yeah. yeah. He's unidentified probably because he's going to get murdered by the Catholics. Anyways, yeah, the whole point of Ash Wednesday yeah. is to show that thing off all day. Right. And also, we think no one really knows what the point is. I mean, but we think that's the point. Unless this guy was teaching a class in California pre-strike, he knew the la- kid's last name was McLeod, and that's about as uh, like fucking a, Catholic as you get. So McLeod, yeah, it's like a, it's yeah, it's like one of those uh, like uh, I voted stickers or like I gave blood stickers. You just you want to wear it all day just to show how dedicated yeah, well, you are like to the I cause. I do Lent. It's an I do right. Lent sticker. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Lent. Yeah, pretty much is. It's dead on. Yep. So, um, yeah, he made the kid wash the ashy cross off his face while he was crying in front of the class. 
Oh man! Wait, wait, is this like in the sixth grade when my music teacher? No, it's uh, in the fourth grade. It's in the fourth grade. Okay, so you were like astronomically uh, closer to jerking off, or probably definitely jerking off. This kid had no idea how to jerk off. He only knew how to cry when his teacher made him wash the fucking Ash Wednesday (laughs) thing off. Um, But is it is it is it because she thought he was dirty? Or no, it's because oh, no. no, it's because the teacher's an asshole. Uh, the teacher was placed on administrative leave and is currently cooling his heels in the soft corner for an undisclosed period of time. Uh, the Catholics would say for eternity, and I'd probably have to agree. Yeah. Right. So is this yeah. teacher like they they're not disclosing that identity or sex of the teacher? Apparently, I guess. I right? think it's a female. We'll get to it. Um, oh. I, I looked at a few stories. Uh, I'm sure that, that I'm, sure, I'm sure there's a, a lot of people in Utah who know exactly who the teacher is. Uh, but anyways, I think it's a female. McLeod's grandmother, Karen Fisher, told uh, uh, the news station she was pretty upset by the incident and, and that she received a call from the school's principal and the teacher who ordered the cross to be washed off. And she said, I asked her. There you go. I asked her if she read. Well, it could be the principal. maybe. I asked her if she read the Constitution with the First Amendment. And she said, <laughs> no. Uh, so, I mean, that's Wait, what the yeah. teacher or the principal said they hadn't read the First Amendment. I think Karen Fisher is very intimidating. I I wouldn't call a nine year old's grandmother after making them wash the ash off. I mean, you're just you're going to be defensive on that phone call. It's going to be a bad phone call. Um, anyway, she went on to continue to say, "I hope it helps somebody, and I hope it never happens again." Um, and I don't think it will. And the implication there being that the teacher was a one of a kind moron. Uh, yeah, like it, it, there's no way it'll happen again. I think that's a that's a dead on implication. <laughs> yeah, <Yep>. exactly. <laughs> What idiot is going to make somebody wash the Ash Wednesday mark off their head? That's like asking, you know, somebody to somebody who wears like the dot or something for, for the in, religion in India to wash it off. Yeah. Like, what the Take fuck? that yarmulke off. Yeah. Hey, Cleop- hey, Cleopatra, lose the headdress. You know, like, <laughs> right. fucking idiot. Uh, Williams family said the teacher apologized with a handwritten note and candy, but the candy was a mound. Hand and well, candy? Well, yeah, hang on, hang on. The candy was a mounds bar, so it was clearly an, uh, a sarcastic <laughs> apology. And she wants to continue the beef with the McLeod and Fisher family, obviously. Um, the the mounds bar is unconfirmed. Uh, but still, I mean, that, that that's like that's like worse. That's a worse apology than the German bombsman that Will talked about last night. Like, yeah, give me a break. Oh, OK. You guys have anything else to say about this story? Because I'm, I'm about to move on. Just that it, it's possible that she thought the kid might have gotten some dirt on his forehead. I'm just saying. In the form of a cross on Ash Wednesday. Good call, Pat. Uh, oh, one last thing before we move on. I want to thank everyone for getting the reviews in last minute, like Will said. Three weeks in a row is in fucking credible and a testament to the awesome listeners. We were hoping for just two, so three in a row is amazing. But right as it was looking like we would not be doing a Friday show today, I started organizing a plan to scalp tickets to the Bob Seger concert tonight in Austin. Uh, that's right. We record at night, and Bob Seger's playing. He's playing right now, and he's probably playing night moves. So, <laughs> anyways, let's go to let's go to the, let's go to the next story. All right, guys. Uh, I'm going to read you a famous quote, and I want you guys to guess who it's from. You guys ready? Sure. Yeah. All right. So, so many people have been stealing my money. People was connected to my account. I went by myself for the first time to Bank of America. Didn't know what I was doing. Didn't know what was going on three weeks ago to a month. Anyone, anyone have any guesses? That's Macaulay Culkin. <laughs> well, you're wrong. If you said 52-year-old R&B icon and habitual sexual monster R. Kelly, however, you are correct. Okay. Uh, 
Yeah, this quote is from a sit-down interview with the sexual Satan himself uh, that he did with Oprah's friend yesterday on CBS uh, this morning. Apparently, Kelly, the singer and sex pest who sold over 75 million albums in his 30-year career, uh, was trying to explain why he couldn't pay his $100,000 bond stemming from charges of being sexually aggressive and a waste of DNA. Uh, yeah, this walking piece of cancer was charged with 10 counts of sexual abuse against children back in February. That's two less, uh, that's two less counts than platinum albums. Just throwing that That's out. true. I think he had 12. Yeah, yeah he had 12. 12 yeah. Perfect. Perfect math. Uh, he went further and deeper into his first trip to the bank in 52 years saying, because I was so tired of not knowing where my money was, where my publishing was. <laughs> I know this is news to you, Robert, but I can assure you. Your publishing was not at the Bank of America. <laughs> wow. I mean, this guy, is, it's, it's just incredible idiot. that he even just, like, is still talking. Like, I think... Just- I think he's going for the. I think he's going for the insanity route. I think he's like he. It's it's possible he did have an insane fucking interview, and I will say this: he's a piece of shit. He's the softest motherfucker on the planet right now. Well, but well, he he, make remix to ignition. So just that's true. And what clarifier? He did do that. So (laughs) I have to admit that the four of us have danced shirtless in a basement before to that song (laughs) on repeat. This was years ago, maybe two. Uh, Look, after borrowing his initial bond from a, quote, friend, a fan, uh, Kelly was thrown back in jail for not paying $200,000 in child support to his ex-wife. So he's just, you know, he's just taking the hits. Uh, I'm not paying for that that child unless I can fuck it. Exactly. Which is a conflict of interest (laughs) for him because although he's attracted to children, uh, he's not attracted to his family members. So it's it's hard. It's It's tough. That's a tough one. It's a soft child. I would love Michael Uh, Jackson, but I just can't go that low. And dude, this guy's Jackson-esque. And while he was freaking out, he was also kind of like, kind of doing a dance while he was losing his shit during the interview. He's a performer. You yeah. can tell that. Uh, look, he gave the interview with Oprah's friend, as I as I alluded to earlier, and it got even more bizarre with Kelly periodically standing up and beating his chest and crying, while his publicist, who should have never let this maniac in front of a camera in the first place, was trying to calm him down while applying makeup to him. Uh, this interview was so fucking weird, and R. Kelly is so full of shit. I want to highlight my favorite portion of the interview, and we're going to do a little bit something different because it's a Friday show. I'm going to ask Wes to help me in a dramatic reading of what is perhaps the biggest load of Michael Jackson-esque bullshit ever broadcast on television. I will be playing the part of urine enthusiast and child toucher Robert Kelly, and Wes will be playing the part of Oprah's friend. I was meant to play this role. Okay. R. Kelly starts. <laughs> I need help. What kind of help? This is the kind of help I need. Yes, what kind of help? I need somebody to help me not have such a big heart because my heart is so big, people betray me and I keep forgiving them. You sound like you're playing the victim here. I'm just telling the truth. End scene. <laughs> that was beautiful. Awesome. Oh, Art Kelly. Glad that he's standing up for himself. You know, He's got a good leg to stand on there. All right, let's talk about Elon haters. You might remember... We had reported previously about Elon's SpaceX Dragon spaceship docking at the International Space Station on Sunday. Well, it turns out that ended up triggering the fuck out of Russia, specifically Roscosmos, the the Russian space agency. Uh Uh-oh. That is is not good. Yeah. They are not happy about that. Oh, no. Not a lot of smiles in that building. No, 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 no. Here's here's the chain of events. Uh, Russia's been maintaining the ISS since NASA gave it up in 2011, so they just kind of got it, uh, has been insanely shook about the Dragon spaceship all along, and they keep pretending like they're not. So first, 
when the when the ship was about to dock with the ISS, they sequestered Russian cosmonaut Oleg Kononenko away in the Got Russian yep. portion of the ISS uh, during the docking, just in case the Dragon became uncontrollable and crashed into the space station. Of course, it didn't. The docking went absolutely perfectly. And then Ross Cosmos tweeted a congrats to NASA, but also said that, quote, safety must be above reproach. Um, so they excluded SpaceX from the tweet, the company that made the best spaceship ever. And uh, then they bucked at NASA acting like a perfectly executed mission was somehow unsafe. Um, they said, what do you expect? You build cars on fire. Why would we expect docking? Yeah, yeah, they are literally just fucking bitter because we used to pay them to catch rides to the International Space Station. Correct. And now because of e- Elon Musk's genius, Correct. we don't have to do that shit anymore. Yeah. Yep. Basically, they're losing a shitload of money because Elon Musk is better at space than them. Uh, then on Monday, <laughs> uh, Ross Cosmos tweeted a picture of two NASA astronauts and cosmonaut Kononenko working inside the historic Dragon spaceship made by SpaceX. Uh, but the tweet wasn't to talk about the Dragon. It was to congratulate themselves on making these weird gas mask contraptions that they were wearing as a precaution instead. So we did great. We did great ship. job avoiding perfect docking. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and we have protective mask that looks cool. <laughs> um, and then finally on Tuesday, Ross Cosmos complained that the Dragon spaceship left too much rubbing alcohol in the air for their liking. Uh, But the the data shows that it was a super low concentration. So basically, Elon rolled on these fools at their own barbecue, beat their asses, and then they said it smelled funny after he left. Yeah, Uh, Elon, Elon, like every single one of their girls, like, tried to fuck Elon. And and then they felt Uh, bad uh, about it and talked shit about him after he left. That guy was a loser. Hold on. This, the, Russians complain, complain about there being too much alcohol in the air? Rubbing alcohol, not vodka, Pat. Yeah, they would drink it. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, they need to get in the soft corner and build a better ship, Roscosmos. You know, be, don't talk about it. Be about it. Uh, bonus soft corner. The SEC, the DOD, and whoever else is giving Elon Musk shit about his security clearance after smoking a little weed with Joe Rogan. So he had to resubmit his security clearance papers after that happened, and they're still, like, you know, wondering whether they're going to give him the security clearance. So going, I don't know, should we? Grow up, you fucking morons! The man just designed the best <laughs> spaceship ever built and is single-handedly boosting NASA years ahead of where they would have been without him. Get a grip, you fucking losers. Let him smoke as much weed as he wants. He's the smartest guy in America. You don't trust someone that works in space and doesn't do psychedelic drugs. You don't. Good point. I guarantee you that Elon Musk could smoke as much weed as he wanted to, and whichever guy in the SEC that wanted to talk shit about him couldn't beat him in any sort of wit battle or test. No. Or, or, or like, engineering quiz or IQ, anything. Like, there's... Well, if it was about being normal, if there was a test about being normal... If it it was about not fucking robots, maybe, but, like, (laughs) everything else, intelligence-wise, he can can smoke as much weed as he wants. Yeah. 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 All right, let's move on. Lots of people going in the soft corner on this one. Uh, But first, we are going back up north to Canada for, uh, for the first part, where two key players in a psychic mail fraud case have pleaded guilty in one of the largest consumer scams ever, scamming sick and elderly victims of over $200 million over the course of their soft lives. Um, the two soft Canadians, Maria Thanos, uh, not a very soft last name, I must say, and Philip Lett, 
um, headed uh, the day-to-day scamming operations of InfoGest Marketing and were in charge of the U.S. and Canadian scams, which affected over 1.4 million victims. Holy many shit. Sick, That's a yeah, lot of many victims. Sick, it is a lot of victims. And many sick and elderly, as I previously mentioned, just want to reiterate that. So what did they do? Well, they preyed on the hopelessness of the sick and the old brains of the elderly by sending them letters that contained the images and fake writings from famous French clairvoyant slash psychic Maria Duvall, as well as another French, uh, famous French bullshit artist, Patrick Guerin. Um, I imagine these people are kind of like the French version of like the Long Island medium or something like that. Um, yeah. So... It, so in the letters, the victims were promised psychic guidance and talismans, which is a kind of ring or trinket thought well, to hold magical well, powers. Well, when they promise you a talisman, I mean, yeah. that's... <laughs> yeah. I'm somebody who would fall for the talisman gag. <laughs> yeah, it's, <laughs> not, it's, not, it's not a trinket, Wes. It's a, it's talisman. a fucking trinket. How did the Canadian Secretary of State allow a company called InfoGest Marketing to get incorporated? That's what I want to know. I don't know. Probably taking a cut. Um, uh, they probably so... gave him a talisman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you open up like a pamphlet of talismans, you're, you're, you're hooked. Yeah. Um, I can't stop staring. So they would then send the elderly and sick suckers some cheap piece of shit with absolutely zero magical powers. And once they had their fish on the hook, they would continue to send them letters until they were drained as dry as Michael Jackson's cock at a Neverland sleepover. Ba-dum. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's dry. Whoa. Very still, dry. I, I can't go anymore. That's too dry. That's very dry. Um, so I'm we all really tired. <laughs> we also have to throw the psychic Maria Duvall into the soft corner along with these other pieces of shit because she too was receiving money from the scam. Uh, but don't worry, when she, the investigators flew to France, the questioner they learned she was suffering from dementia, as I'm sure most people that claim to be psychic eventually do. They found um, her surrounded by talismans. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> she was she was in a state of awe. <laughs> Before we get to Wes's last story of the day. Today's episode is brought to you by Tommy John. Uh, Tommy John wants us to read a script, but I have no fucking clue why. Because they sent us two pairs of free underwear and a free t-shirt. They should have just sent them with a note saying, Speak from the heart after wearing them. So I will. Tommy John boxers are the fucking shit. There is no pair of underwear on earth that comes even close to them. Oh, uh, their shirts? Not so bad either. Give them a shot. Uh, Warning. You will play a lot more music in your house when wearing Tommy John clothing. You will be a lot more confident when wearing Tommy John clothing. You will dance more when wearing Tommy John clothing. You will do Tom Cruise in a risky business or Hugh Grant in Love Actually. And if those references are too outdated for you, then you'll feel like Kylie Jenner, the youngest female billionaire of all time. I mean, seriously, buy one pair and tell me I'm wrong. You can't do it. Do it. Go on and hurry to TommyJohn.com slash hard and get 20% off your first order. That's TommyJohn.com slash hard for 20% off. TommyJohn.com slash hard. Um, we also have to throw Spain in the soft corner on this one because that is where the mastermind, Patrice Runner, was arrested after spending years on the run. And Spain is currently, quote, considering the quest for extradition by the United States, oh. where he would pretty much face uh, life in jail for his charges. So thanks, Spain. Appreciate the, uh, like, the consideration. Where these people fucked up is that this is basically the same scheme as a televangelist. They should have claimed right. religion. Yeah. Right. Well, because like, you can't persecute it, right? It sounded like they did pretty well. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, mean one, 1. 1.4 million victims across and they're like across like three countries this network. I mean, yeah. uh, they, right. they did fine. Dollars. They had a good run. It's, what I'm saying, they could be impervious to lawsuits if they had claimed religion. Oh. It's true. 
Okay. Loophole. Don't don't let that information out, Will. Religious yeah, Will, talismans. Jesus. Why don't you just tell the terrorists how to build bombs? <laughs> well, you should have just told us. Um, so, uh, guys, this is our third Friday show in a row. Thank you all so much, our amazing listeners, for making it happen. We really appreciate you making us work for free and missing Bob Seeger. Mm-hmm. Um, next Friday, we will not be doing a show, but don't worry. It's because we will be at Barstool HQ for another Power Hour with PFT and other guests, so be sure to get your beers ready for that one. It's Friday. Have yourselves an amazing weekend, and we will see you again Monday. <laughs>